0: first thing I have to do is I have to have you stand up again. Now, we do not have children's church today, uh, but I would like for you to get up, and this is not a meet and greet, just shake somebody's hand and sit back down. This is, I want you to tell somebody near you what Jesus means to you. So take a moment, stand up, and if you go across the room, that's okay too. I encourage, sometimes we have segregation. We have this side, this side, and this side doesn't want to talk to that side. So talk to somebody. Tell them what Jesus means to you. Take a moment, please. All right, as you take take a seat, I appreciate you guys sharing uh, what Jesus means to you and getting to know somebody new, hopefully. Uh, A couple things to share with you. Uh, Yesterday we had the quality car wash uh, that Michelle Crook uh, worked out for us so well. It was a great time for about 15, 16 of us that uh, were out there raising funds for the Nicaragua mission trips. So we had people uh, pumping gas, although Randy would say uh, he outdistanced me by quite a bit as far as how many, uh, how many that uh, he pumped as opposed to me, which is, I'll admit this time he was correct. Uh, but we had a great time out there vacuuming, yelling and screaming, just having a great time. And roughly we raised $2,200 for the mission trip. So that's an awesome thing. We have three that are going to be leaving. Uh, They're going to Grace Bible College tomorrow. Uh, Lauren, Jessica, and Drake. And I'm just going to have you stand right where you're at. Okay, there's a sense of relief on Jessica's face. Uh, But they will be going to Grace Bible College for boot camp. Now, all of us would probably like that to be something physical that they run through a bunch of different challenges and obstacles. Uh, But they're actually going to be doing a lot of service, a lot of team building uh, before they leave uh, for Nicaragua. And then they'll be gone for... Uh, Almost two weeks, so it's going to be quite a long time, and you guys can take a seat. But uh, we have been praying for them. The uh, the other Nicaragua team is back, and we're excited uh, to hear some of the stories. You'll see some of the pictures today when we show our video. Uh, But we are just excited for these two teams that their willingness to serve the Lord uh, in that way. You know, one of the most common debates in church today is why are people leaving the church statistics show that by decades more and more people are leaving the church not always do we have statistics to tell us exactly where they're going sometimes they're going to other churches sometimes they're leaving church altogether I'm not going to try to convince you that they're not Uh, even at Parkside, we've seen some of that. People leaving church, sometimes going to other places, sometimes walking away altogether. Could it be that maybe a lot of these people are going into different ministries? Sometimes when people leave the church, we have uh, we just have this negative feeling. We don't want to lose anybody, right? I mean, you wouldn't want to lose a part of your family. You wouldn't want your cousins or your mom or dad or... or grandparents to leave and walk away from the family but sometimes when they go to other churches we feel like maybe there's a sense of betrayal I don't know how many of us would feel that way but I think there are people that feel that way we get worked up when someone leaves the church we always try to figure out what we analyze what did we do wrong what did we not do right Uh, what, what could we have done differently Those are good questions to ask. Sometimes we look at people leaving as a failure. So let me ask you this. Zach Carruth left the church a few years ago. Now, he pops in once in a while. And if you're here on Tuesdays and Thursdays, you'll see him with Harvest of Generosity. Uh, Well, Tuesdays and then Thursdays over at New Life. He serves as the youth pastor at New Life Nazarene, you know, just about five minutes from here. Is it a failure that Zach left Parkside? Many years ago, Zach started Harvest of Generosity, a local nonprofit that reaches out to the community and equips teens, equips these students with life skills and skills within the garden. If you have not taken a look at the garden behind uh, the garage, I would encourage you to do that today. A lot of hard work has gone into that. Zach is part of that, but he has such a team, some here at Parkside, some at New Life, just others that want to get involved. I was going to have uh, Zach come up and share. Uh, He wanted to share an update on how things are going as far as harvest. But I felt like when he texted me this morning that he was locked up, I thought, you know what? I know that we have prayed, and many of us have prayed for Zach. But I thought about on this stage here, you, you saw uh, Michelle up here and, and how we, we've been praying for Tobin, uh, for Samantha being, praying for Kit and the family. And so I feel like now is a great opportunity for us to get on our knees. It's always a good thing to get on our knees, whether literally or figuratively, for our fellow believers and for others as well. So I would ask you, let's just take time to pray for Zach to pray for Tobin, to pray for Kit. Kit, There's many others. Could I request a, a glass of water, possibly? That would be great. I think my throat's a little drier than normal. I have no idea why. <laughs> but let's just take time. If you want to get down on your knees, we would love for you to do that. If you can't or don't want to, that's okay, too. Just stay right where you're at. But let's just take and have a moment of, of prayer time If you want to lift one of these up, if you want to lift somebody else up that is struggling, let's do that. And then I'll close in prayer in a couple minutes. Heavenly Father, our our heart breaks. Uh, We think about Zach this morning, and I know how much he wanted to be here this morning. To be able to share what you're doing, the power of what you're doing in the ministry of Harvest. And for a young man to have that perspective after all that he has gone through speaks to the character that Zach has, but it speaks more to the power that you have in our lives. I ask, Lord, for a miracle. I pray, Lord, that you would reach in and just take this away. And Lord, I just pray that as well for Kit and for Tobin So many different situations, Lord, that we just don't understand. Lord, may you do a miracle today. In Jesus' name. And all of God's people said. So my question still remains... Is it a failure that Zach left? Many of you have asked, you know, when is Zach coming back? Or, you know, why did he leave? Why did he have to leave? He was, it was such a big part of things here at Parkside. And I would say he has been given an amazing opportunity at New Life. An amazing opportunity to spread the gospel through the ministry of Harvest of Generosity. Sometimes when we have somebody walk away, we kind of lose touch. And they're no longer Parkside. I know not all of us think that, but I think sometimes when, when we have somebody leave, we just... Yeah. Whatever. Jenna Vanderhaar left the church a few years ago to go off to college. Has not returned, other than a visit here and there. I'm sure that she would consider Parkside, her home church. This is where she was raised. But she goes to a, a new church on the other side of the state. She went to Oakland University, graduated, and in, just in the last couple of years has been on a number of mission trips serving. Uh, when she was here at Parkside, she went to Bolivia, she went to Costa Rica, and she went to Niagara Falls, which planted that seed. But she's not part of this regular thing that we do at Parkside. She's going to be going to Columbia here soon. Is it a failure that Jenna left the church? This is the time. College age is when, you know, they, they head off to college and sometimes we don't see them. And so we assume not such good things. And yet, look at the impact that the Lord is having through Zach, even through And especially through the struggles and the impact that he's having in and through Jenna. It's important for us to have a full perspective. When we gauge success, we often look at the people that stayed and not the ones that have left. Think about it. How different would it look today if the Apostle Paul or Peter had not gone beyond their four walls? What if they had stayed home and took care of the flock? In no way am I saying that one is more important than the other. What I am saying is that they're equally important. If you turn your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, we're going to be reading verses 2 through 8. And this morning I'll be reading from the ESV. But 1 Thessalonians 1, 2 through 8. And honestly, I look at this passage and I think, this is what I want to be able to say to you of what our time together has meant and what I've seen in you over these last nine, almost nine years. 1 Thessalonians 1, 2 through 8. Paul writes, the church in... I want to share uh, two individuals and a couple uh, this morning. And uh, I'm going to have Trent get ready. Uh, You can come on up if you'd like. But I just want to share a little backstory on Trent. First of all, Trent and I went uh, out to Spokane for the GGF Family Bible Conference and RPG, which is not uh, rocket-propelled grenade. You know, they weren't learning anything about that. This is radically practicing grace. And uh, Trent had that opportunity back in 2012, now in 2016. But I will say this, when you build relationships with people, oftentimes there are certain events on our timeline of life uh, that we look back on with sweet recall. I can remember one of the first events I planned included a trip to the bowling alley. I can remember grabbing my bowling ball and stepping up to take off. I don't know how many people take off in bowling, but that's my word for the day. Uh, I was going to show these kids how it's done. Step, 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 pulling the ball back, step, faster, step. Hmm. The ball coming forward, I don't remember much after that. Um, (laughs) I do remember that when I came to, I was laying on my back. Uh, Sometimes trying too hard is not always good. And from that point forward, Eloy and Trent decided to call me Bam, Big Air Matt. Uh, now, I will have to say, after nine years, it's I'm more of a lamb, uh, Little Air Matt. Uh, so I don't get off the ground very much like I used to. Uh, but I just remember Trent. I remember how awkward he was. Anybody? Can anybody remember how awkward Trent was in junior high? Because everybody's awkward in junior high at, at times. He can take it. It's, you can laugh a little more. It's OK. But he had this excitement for life. If we fast forward a little bit, in 2012, he came RPG to Seattle, uh, Bolivia, 2013, Harrisburg, 2014, Costa Rica, 2015, and RPG again, 2016. The involvement that he has had in Parkside Ministries, uh, each one of these experiences molded him into the man that he is today, uh, being encouraged by so many so many of you plugged into his life. This is not a one-person job. This is the body of Christ lift, encouraging, lifting each other up. It was evident that God was working in his life. Now I've asked Trent to share briefly about the experience at the conference in Spokane. And uh, I'll, t- I'll say this, and he probably, well, he might, But at the end of it, he had to leave a little bit early to fly back. Uh, He had his job at Herman Miller, had to make sure he got there for it, being responsible and all that. That's good stuff. Uh, But when he left, the group was chanting, Trent, Trent, Trent. And he just had built such a rapport with the students that I think it just speaks volumes to what the Lord is doing. So Trent, maybe you want to share just a few minutes, what's on your heart?
1: Well, I appreciate it. Um, thanks, Matt, for his opportunity to uh, um, travel out there with him. But I also want to start off with an uh, interesting adventure that Matt and I had. Um, after we came down from a little hike that we took, we stopped at a Burger King out there. Okay? And Burger Kings out here are way different than they are out there. So you know how they have slushy machines, they have the Coke and they have the you know cherry as well, which I don't like cherry, but anyway, we ordered one of those and I looked in the back and I'm like, where is this slushy machine at? Like, where's it at? Because you know how when you order that, they do it for the you, or they do it for you, know, you and then they give it to you on the table. Well, I get a cup and I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Is this an all you can drink slushy machine? And I'm looking at Matt, and I'm like, this ain't right. This is like, I don't even know if this is even going to happen right now. So I get that cup, and all of a sudden they say, yeah, go ahead, fill up as many times as you want. And I was like, I'm there. That's mine. And I think, and I'm like, Michigan has it all wrong. Why can't we have that here? And so I go to the Burger King, you know, back in Michigan, and I'm like, is there a free slushy thing out here? Or, you know, and they're like, no, we got to do it for you. I'm like, man the heck, why is Seattle doing everything great out there? But in Michigan, we have people serving us with just this small little slushy thing. So that was kind of a neat experience, you know, unlimited slushies. That's probably like the best thing in my life, probably the highlight of my time there in RPG. You know, I, you know, conference was great and all, but that slushy, I'll tell you what, that thing was, was on point. But um, anyway, the RPG conference was amazing, um, an amazing time to share and minister with uh, the kids that are out there, a lot of them were um, students from some of the schools out there, um, kids from the parents that are attending the conference. Uh, but it was an amazing time, and myself, Rick, Pat McGillicuddy, um, Chad, and Tanisha from Shoreline Bible out there. Um, it was neat and a humbling experience to work with all of them. Uh, can't thank them enough. Can't thank Matt enough, you know, for bouncing around and you know giving me some pointers on how to keep these kids, you know. Altogether, it's a lot of a lot of work. But um, I also want to uh, say one thing that really kind of uh, encouraged me, but also spoke to me. Um, Rick had a a great verse, and I want to share it with you in First uh, Timothy one fifteen, and it says, "Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance: Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of who I am the worst." I had the opportunity to uh, congregate with a small group that I had. Um, most of them, I mean, majority of them were girls, and I only had like two guys in my group, but... Um, and Rick had like a little breakout question to discuss in our groups. And that question was, how encouraged are you by Christ? How encouraged are you by Christ? Or do we take these things that we go through daily, weekly, monthly, yearly for granted? It's interesting, you know, how Matt, you know, talking right now about people leaving the church. However, it tied into what I wanted to share, what touched me at this conference and that I keep wrestling with now is how encouraged am I by everyone that has left the church? How encouraged am I that? Zach is out there doing amazing things with this harvest of generosity. How encouraged am I from Parkside for him? How encouraged am I with the Sons and the Cooks going out to Nicaragua doing ministry? How encouraged am I? How encouraged am I that not only do we have three youth stepping up from Parkside to go out for two weeks and do ministry in Nicaragua and serve God? How encouraged am I as a believer? And I think oftentimes today, we should think about the same things in our own lives. Myself, how encouraged am I to be able to have opportunity to go to college? How encouraged am I to think that, you know, I close a chapter in my life and begin a new chapter, you know, at some other opportunity in the fall? How encouraged am I that I call Parkside Bible my home church but there are more opportunities at other churches for myself this coming fall. How encouraged am I? How encouraged are you for your own self? How encouraged are you for your own job? How encouraged are you for your own family and what they do for you and how close of a bond you have with them? How encouraged am I for Matt, for everything you've done for me, man? over the past 9 years so many years that we've had together I'm very encouraged by everything that he will do and has done for us here at Parkside and so didn't want to really preach or anything like that but you know it's just kind of one of the things that kind of touched me at this conference and the remarks that these students were making and how encouraged they were, and how encouraged they are to have opportunities like this, how encouraged they are to have opportunities to serve the Lord, and that just excites me and is, you know, a blessing on my heart and a blessing um, on the leaders' hearts as well. So, I appreciate everything. I appreciate uh, the support from Parkside. I appreciate all of that. Um, and so, I'm handing the mic back over to Mike, and appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, you know,
0: Matt. Thank you, Trent. For Trent to be where he is today, it's not like he's finished growing. But where he is today, it wasn't just the work of one, but of many, who encouraged him, prayed for him, lived out the gospel in full view, taught him, loved him, confronted him when he needed it. Trent's one example. There are so many examples of times when we have, as a family, needed to come alongside of each other. I can think of times when, when people have come alongside of our family, even in our own neighborhood. And hopefully that's something reciprocated, hopefully giving back as well. Many of you invested time into Trent. One of my earliest experiences at Parkside was uh, the mission trip to Costa Rica in 2008. Uh, we all stayed in the gym at the church in Belen. My bed, uh, seemingly, uh, it was double-level, stout mattress that struggled to retain air. And it was right next to this luxury model that Randy and Cindy had that seemed to be able to retain air, no problem. I'd wake up in the morning on the ground, and there's Randy still snoring away, or at least resting comfortably. I was a little jealous. I don't get jealous that often, but I'll tell you, that at that moment, every morning, I should have just started on the ground. That's probably what I should have done. <laughs> more than that, I know Randy and I were different in many other areas as well. Cleanliness, which I believe Randy said was close to godliness, uh, organization, de- uh, details. Uh, Randy and I butted heads, uh, but on time, as time went on, and as we experienced more together, uh, my appreciation for him grew, leaps and bounds. Randy committed to going to Bolivia with us, work projects, being around uh, the girls uh, plucking chickens, uh, plucking feathers, and all that kind of stuff. I, I don't think that he you know, signed up for that originally. Um, after having the experience in Bolivia, you could see the passion bubbling inside. Now, I know that Randy had been on mission trips before, uh, back in the 90s with Brian Lorenz and uh, uh, his brother-in-law, Mike. Uh, This summer, Randy led a team of eight with Mike, the two families, uh, getting together to go to Nicaragua to help build a huge security wall that's going to go around the church that's going to be built there. I just think about that fire and that passion that Randy has. And there's many other examples, many other examples in this church. You can't look back and say this one person was the reason they ended up in ministry or doing this, or doing that. It took so many to pave the way for Randy. Pastor Brian Lorenz leading that trip in the 90s. Men on the church board that have come alongside of Randy. His family invested time in him. Again, like Trent, God used so many people to touch and affect the life of Randy. We all play a role in this process. I want us to take a moment, we're going to watch a video. And this is just a little bit looking back, but maybe gives us an idea of just how many people are involved in the lives of each other, but in the lives of the students. That's my thank you reminder to each and every one of you. You may think, "Ah, I was never on that mission trip, or I was never on that retreat. I never stepped into Bible study or never dropped by youth group. But you were involved in so many different ways. I just think recently, and I won't, I'll leave leave the name out, but a gentleman uh, came up to me and he gave me this coffee can. About three-fourths filled, the old uh, big metal coffee cans, three-fourths filled with dimes. I've been collecting them for 15 years. Gave them to the Nicaragua mission teams. $304 worth of dimes. It was gifts like that, gifts of a dollar here, a prayer there, whatever it may have been. You all played a role in the development of these lives. And are all these lives going in the right direction? We'd be fooling ourselves. There are some that are struggling and we know that life is a journey. Sometimes they're very dark. And so the job does not end. We must all pick up the slack. We must all give of ourselves and serve the Lord in this way. I'd like you to go back to First Thessalonians. And I want to hit on a few things as we um, just give some focus to this. 1 Thessalonians 1, 2 through 8. First Thessalonians 1, 2 through 8. We give thanks to God always for all of you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers, remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labor of love, and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. I think about that verse three, and I think there's three things there. There's the work of faith, the labor of love, and the steadfastness of hope. Turn with me just for a minute, 1 Corinthians 13. The love chapter, 1 Corinthians 13. We're gonna look at just verse 13. And as you're going there, I'm going to give you a little background. I'm going to read the the verses before that. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in, in a mirror dimly. But then face to face, now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. Verse 13. So now faith, hope, and love abide, these three. But the greatest of these is love. The work of faith, the labor of love, steadfastness of hope. What is in this hope? You'll notice this hope is not in this world. This hope is in our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you have this hope. Do you have this love? Do you have this faith? We must love. We must love our neighbors. Whether it's somebody sitting next to us today, or it's somebody on the other side of the congregation, it's somebody down the street, across the world. Throughout the years, that's the one thing that I have tried to communicate, and has been deep in my heart, is that we not just love the people that are here, that we love the people across the seas, that we love the people in our own neighborhoods. Let's keep reading uh, after verse 4 there, or at verse 4. For we know, brothers, loved by God, in 1 Thessalonians 1, sorry, loved by God that he has chosen you because our gospel came to you not only in word but also in power and the Holy Spirit and with full conviction, you know what kind of men we proved to be among you for your sake. And you became imitators of us and of the Lord. For you received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit. You became imitators of us. You became imitators, more importantly, of the Lord. For you received the word in much With much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit. When I think about Parkside, I think about that. With the joy of the Holy Spirit. I saw Linda Holton back there. And I think this is pretty amazing. I'm just gonna say this that, that there has been over the last couple decades, plus, only three youth pastors. It tells me something. It tells me something could say about the people but you could say about the church that this church values youth ministry and it shows may we continue to value youth ministry most churches would love to have somebody stay for 10 years for nine years the average is nine months So this church values its youth. It values its families. May we continue to see that. In verse 7 it says, So that you became an example to all believers in Macedonia and Achaia. For not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia and Achaia, but your faith in God has gone forth everywhere, so that we need not say anything. Here's what I'll say. We don't want people to leave. But will people ever hear about our faith if nobody leaves? Who knows what Jenna or Zach, Adam, who's in England right now, what others have said about their time at Parkside and how others came alongside them and mentored them, encouraged them, shared God's word with them and lived it out. So let's just get excited about those that are leaving to serve the Lord. There are opportunities that are beyond these four walls. Certainly. You guys have been this example and such an encouragement to us. And I think no greater time than the last year. And the struggle that it has been Uh, for our family, health-wise, just all kinds of different ways. As we journeyed through the, the process of even coming to this decision, you have come alongside us as a family. Please don't stop doing that, not just for us, but for others that come, whether that's three months from now, a year from now, whatever it may be. I'm thankful for the ministry of Ty and Courtney. And you could ask the question at Altoona Bible Church, is it a failure that Ty and Courtney no longer attend here? Would we say it's a failure? No. Faithfully serving in the youth ministry... Oftentimes, over the last year, chipping in and helping when we were at our lowest. So many of you did that. But I thank Ty and Courtney for doing that over this last year. And so many lives touched because they stepped out in faith. That's what God calls us to do, stepping out in faith. Whether that means leaving Parkside and going somewhere else, whether that means stepping out of our house and going down the street, whether it means stepping out of our comfort zone and talking to that person that's right in front of us that may not know the gospel. God has called us for so much more. He has called us not to survive, but to thrive. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this morning. Lord, I thank you for what you've blessed our family with. Nine years of being in a church that has loved us, that has cried with us, that has hugged us, that has corrected us at times, that has been a family away from home. I give you, Lord, the praise and the glory for allowing us to step away from everything that we knew as far as family into another family. You will bring blessing in every one of these decisions as we step away in faith. I pray, Lord, that you would give Parkside Bible Church the strength, the wisdom to know what those next steps are. We love this church family. And Lord, may you receive the glory in Jesus' name. and you are dismissed. Because I was sitting over on that piano and I thought, maybe I should just sing a tune at the end. (laughs) But that would really end poorly. Uh, Doug's saying yes, but it it would